All right, you guys, welcome back to That's So Fringy podcast. I'm Rick. I'm Kristen. And I'm Bethany. And we're back for another fringy morsel here midweek. Um, As you guys know, we are doing our fringy morsels so that you guys can get to know us a little bit better, like it or not. Um, We're bringing them to you. So, Well, uh, the first thing I always do when I listen to a new podcast is I try to figure out what they look like. And then I want to know everything about them. So (laughs) we're saving you guys the trouble of having to Google us. (laughs) Yeah, because you're probably not going to find much on Google because we're ordinary people just like you, just making a podcast. Um, and we hope you like what you've heard so far. If you do, we encourage you to like, subscribe, and maybe write a review um, in Apple Podcast or or Spotify. We'd love to hear your thoughts. So if you could email us, uh, if you have suggestions on what you want to hear next, or if you just think of something that uh, maybe you've experienced and you want to share that with us, we'd love to hear from you. So with that, it's Kristen's turn in the hot seat tonight. And so we're going to pepper you with questions tonight. So why don't you start us off with, uh, as we've done before, your childhood and Don't talk about Bethany much because she's sitting right there. (laughs) Oh, well, shoot. Uh, Okay, so I grew up in small town USA. I was the third of four children, so I'm lost somewhere in the middle. I was the baby, and then Bethany came along and basically ruined it. So um, I was the baby for eight and a half years. (laughs) You ruined it. And everything. then my life changed. <laughs> For the, no, then I got my best friend. Well, what? when I was growing up, you did, in fact, hate me. I did. Well, you were, in my defense, you were super <laughs> So there was that. But so, yeah, I mean, nothing crazy growing up. Bethany already said we had great parents, we had a great extended family. We, you know, got together as a whole huge family for Christmas and Thanksgiving. And it it was really, we were really blessed in the family department. So um, I don't really have any, don't really have any complaints about that part of my life. We grew up going, well, when I was younger, we went to a Christian church and then somewhere in the middle school area, we switched and started going to the Baptist church because I think it was my older sister that had some friends that went there or something and they had a better youth program. And so we switched over to that. And then my parents actually did the youth group for years Mm -hmm. actually over there. Um, So, you know, like it or not, we, we were forced into going to church and youth group, but we loved it. And it it was, it was a huge part of our lives. And we had, I mean, we still have friends that we grew up in the youth group with. So um, no complaints there. I think probably you were a a good student. Oh gosh. We don't, we we didn't ask Bethany if she was a good student. She was, but (laughs) she was a nerd. I was not. uh, No, I was not a good student. I, I was, I, was more uh how good do my grades have to be to play sports that was really all i cared about so very social i had a lot of friends but uh 
No, not great in the grades department. In fact, when we went to nursing school, when I was at 30, they asked for my high school transcript and I was terrified. I was like, oh my gosh, Bethany is getting her transcript. And she's like, I've got mine here. It's all ironed and pressed. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to dig this out. And it was awful, but they accepted me anyway. Silly them. Silly them. (laughs) Bethany, you got any questions for her? Yeah. So what, what, obviously we grew up in church. When would you say you really felt like you knew Jesus? Like, was there a time growing up when it was like, okay, this, this is it. I know he's real. I feel him. Or was it like later on in life? Yeah. I mean, I think it was like, I just, I, I don't ever remember a time when I didn't know Jesus. Like, I mean, he was in, in my life from the beginning, which is kind of weird to think about now because like, I don't remember there ever being like a transformation moment or there being like when I accepted Jesus into my heart, I don't honestly remember. I think I did it every time they asked if you want to accept Jesus, just because I wanted to make sure that I was good. So I probably did it a hundred times because I was that fire insurance. I was that kind of kid. I was like, Oh gosh, I better ask again and again and again. No, but I don't, I mean, I don't really ever remember there being a time that I didn't, but obviously there's been lots of times of, you know, waxing and waning in my, in my faith. But I think when I was a young adult, I got married when I was young I mean, my my parents were high school sweethearts and they, you know, got married when they were 20 and had their first kid when they were 22 or whatever. It was this kind of, you know, normal progression. And so then my brother did the same thing and then my older sister did the same thing. So then I was like, well, gosh, I guess I better get married and then have kids. You know, that was kind of where I thought that's just where I thought life went. And so I did and then had two boys with my first husband and that ended up, you know, obviously not working out. And, um, so I think I was, gosh, I was right around 30 when we got divorced and that was kind of like a, a really, uh, hard time. I struggled big time in that season because I was very, um, well, let's rewind a little bit. I have a 17 year old. And when he was four, he was diagnosed with leukemia. And so that was obviously a shock to the system for the whole family. You know, we really all kind of had to band together and Bethany was literally there for everything. She was the first phone call that I made after I talked with the doctor. I didn't even call my husband because I called Bethany first. So she was there for everything. And, and really as a, family unit, we all just really pulled together and, and made it work aside from my husband who, you know, when you go through hard times in a marriage, I think that's really kind of shows your true colors. And for me, that was kind of the, that was the final straw was just going through that whole process with him. And, you know, we just had very different ways of dealing with things, I guess. And, so that was, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the end. But um, so we did three and a half years of chemo and all kinds of blood transfusions and every kind of transfusion you can imagine. And for three and a half years of that, and he's totally fine now. He's 17 and 
he's a gym rat and he played football and he's, you know, he's healthy. So we made it through that part, but praise the Lord, not unscathed. You know, we all obviously have, have things that we had to deal with, but I think that was a, you know, not just a testing of my faith, but it was a, a test of everything really for me. It was, you know, and I remember one of the last times we were, we were up at the hospital doing his chemo and me and Bethany were sitting there and we're like, shoot, we could do this. Like we're watching these nurses do this stuff all the time. And we were like, we could totally do this. We could like totally be nurses. And we kind of like looked at each other, like we could totally be nurses. Like, Mm -hmm. okay. So then we got this like light bulb and we we both just become best friends. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So we basically looked at each other and we're like, okay, well, if Adam gets through treatment and everything goes well and he's healthy and all of that, then we're going to go to nursing school. And, and we basically just decided that day. And it was really like, we didn't even ever look back. We kind of, he had his last treatment in September and we started nursing school in October Mm -hmm. or vice versa. But it was like, we just did it. It, there was no hesitation. There was no, like, we just like dove in with both feet and, we both graduated with honors from nursing school. So even though my high school transcript was <laughs> terrible, goes to show what happens when you actually care about the subject you're doing. So then, yeah, I was a, and at that point I was a single mom and Bethany was a single mom and we were living together for a while. And then we got cute little apartments in the same apartment complex, just one on one end and one on the other end. So I think we walked that path back and forth about a million mm-hmm. times. So, uh, after that, then in my early thirties, I was actually still in nursing school and I met Rick. We call this the great distraction. Yes. (laughs) Actually funny story. The very first night we talked on the phone, we talked on the phone all night long and I had a test the next morning in our anatomy and physiology. And I got like a hundred percent on the test the next day. And I was like, okay, well we have to stay together because you were helping me pass nursing school. So <laughs> that's how I roped him in. So yeah, that, so then I got married to Rick and then, you know, probably remember from his story, we had Lincoln who was our one child together. And he is, he is, an actual angel like he's an act he's a blessing like i've never i've never been around a kid quite like him he's he's super amazing i've never i've never met a kid that is just so oblivious to um just like fear he doesn't really get afraid of things he doesn't he just loves everybody he just has a good attitude all the time Mm -hmm. and it's he's just such a good kid and everybody you know that he meets i mean everybody's on the walk to school everybody's like lincoln hi lincoln you know and it's it's so cool to have um you know his little presence running around because he's complete opposite of us uh, I guess with our powers combined, we make a pretty cool arrangement, <laughs> but I don't know. I don't know how we got such a blessing of a child out of, out of me. I'll tell you that. No kidding. You were terrible. <laughs> so now that, um, now that you're older, you've been through a divorce, 
Um, you've had a kid that had cancer. Um, your other kid, I can speak from experience, has a lot of anxiety and things that mm-hmm. he deals with. Um, you now have a husband that has PTSD and is a wild man. How do you, how do you keep yourself grounded in your faith and, and with all this chaos going on around you? Well, I think for me, so in my, when my oldest child was 19, when he was nine months old, I ended up in the hospital, um, and became type one diabetic, which was, uh, kind of a shock, you know, it came out of nowhere and I was, I was very sick for that week. And then, cause they assumed that I was type two diabetic and then, you know, a million tests later, they were like, oh no, she's type one and she just happens to be a little bit older. So, um, so that was a, a big shock. And then I got my really big second medical shock a few years ago when I got diagnosed with a, like a really rare form of MS. And so, um, I have struggled with a lot of kind of bitterness and just like, why me? I, you know, I went to nursing school and I put myself through and, and did the whole thing, the single mom, the working, the school and loved my job, loved my career. I felt like I was really good at it and I was right where I was called to be. And then I got this horrible disease that kind of came out of nowhere. And I, so I would like to say I've had, you know, I've always been a Christian and I've always had this faith, but it it hasn't always been good. Like I've done a lot of blaming God for, you know, plaguing me with all of these physical ailments and like how much better of a Christian could I be if I was whole and was a hundred percent and, you know, I felt good and all the things that I could do. And, you know, I could, I could do so many more things and it's taken me really just the last couple few years of really settling into it and going, you know what? I, it could be worse. First of all, it could always be worse. And just being thankful for the, the family that I have and the opportunity that I have. But I also had to give up a career that I really loved and I really enjoyed. And so that, that was, that's been a really difficult transition but it's also allowed me to be home. And for me, I always wanted to be home. I always wanted to, you know, be a housewife and take care of my kids. And I always kind of felt like that's what I was called to do. And so I think it was a blessing in disguise to kind of, you know, it was like, it was like God just swept my legs out from underneath me, like, whoop, sweep the legs. Here you go. You're down on the ground. And then from the ground, you're kind of like, Like, what do I do with myself? Like, I'm not, I'm a nurse, like this is what I am. And so it, it, but it's not, it wasn't my identity. It was something that I was good at, but I've also found that I'm good at other things. And I, I do feel like I'm more in a role of being able to take care of my house and my family and it's much more suited to me. And I think it's just, you know, more where I was called to be. I guess. So I've kind of come into a realization that good things can come out of tragedy. And I still get mad because my, you know, my leg doesn't work when I want it to sometimes. And sometimes my brain just doesn't work. You know, when you have holes in your brain, it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird thing, the things that wander out. And I'm like, no, 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 you, you got to stay back in here. (laughs) 
So it's a fun game we play sometimes where I'll tell Rick the same story 12 times and he's like, all right, I know, I heard. (laughs) I I feel like I've heard that somewhere. But he's patient with me and he's like, yeah. I'm like, I already told you that, didn't I? And he's like, "Mm -hmm, a few times. (laughs) (laughs) And yeah, I I mean, I still get mad about, I just get, I get more like just mad at my body though, but I'm not mad at my circumstances as much as I used to be. Like I'm not... I'm not like, oh, why me? Because it really, when it boils down to it, like, why not me? There's, you know, there's nothing that says you're going to have a, you're going to have a worry-free life. And, you know, it's something that regardless of what happens to you physically, you just have to, you have to remember that you're here for a reason. And I think when you're fulfilling the role that God wants you to be in, whether you want to be there or not, it, it makes a big change. Yeah. And I've, I've seen that change, you know, it's the, the going to work and, uh, having this disease that you're dealing with, you know, it, it was just a lot of frustration. There was a lot of, um, just days where you would come home and not, not seem happy, you know, just, you were just struggling and, I think everybody could see that, but then when you, uh, I mean, it's a struggle not having you work financially, but in the end, like your happiness is more important and your, and your relationship with your children and your relationship with me and your relationship with God, like all these things are so much more important than having a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, and the, as you said, the Bible doesn't promise us any any rainbows and well, it does promise rainbows, but uh, it doesn't <laughs> promise any like skipping through meadows. And, you know, once you come to Christ, I think we've said before, it doesn't mean that your life changes and becomes um, perfect. There's still um, pruning that goes on and there's still, you know, God's trying to mold us and shape us. And sometimes that hurts. And sometimes we don't know even why he's doing it, but I've, I've seen you over the years just, fully embrace, you know, all of the hardship. And to me, your character is, is so strong because of the things that you've been through with, you know, with, with the chemo, you know, going through the cancer, going through, uh, raising, raising boys by yourself, which is not easy by the way. And then putting yourself through nursing school and also being, you know, what Kristen hasn't mentioned is that she's a huge advocate for her whole family. You know, she is really the one that, in my opinion, is the glue to the family. And uh, I just think it's because of what you've been through that you're able to provide that for, for everybody. The This care and nurturing and comfort that you bring everybody is so pure. So anyway, I'll mm. shut up and let you keep talking. <laughs> she's like, Agree to disagree. She also doesn't take compliments well. No, I just, you know, I remember for a long time, my whole growing up, my dad used to say this thing that would drive me crazy. He would say, I would rather my kids be righteous than be happy. And I was always like, that's weird. You don't want your kids to be happy. Like, I don't, I just, I didn't get it. And, you know, now as you get older and you have all these life struggles and you see, you know, your family members go through struggles and, you know, you've got all this, this just weight on you all the time, you realize that being righteous is more important than being happy because nowhere in the Bible does it say you're going to be happy 
it's, you know, we're, we're called to take up our cross daily. And so that's, and that, but that's always been something I've struggled with is like, I, I want to be happy. And don't I deserve to be happy? Shouldn't we all be happy? Like, I want everybody to be happy, not just me. Like, I want everybody to be happy, but that's not, that's not guaranteed. And happiness is not what we think it is. Happiness is not having the big house. And, you know, because when I was working and we were both making good money and, you know, we had all, we had money in savings, we could have gone on vacation, but we didn't have time. So we had money, but we didn't have time. And now I have time, but I don't have money. And I've realized how much happier that makes me. Mm-hmm. I think it's so easy to stay in like a negative mindset, just in the world that mm-hmm. we live in and the negative things that happen like all around us. And I, I too have noticed a huge difference in you w- as far as like, it's it's not poor me anymore. It's let's deal with the circumstance at hand. And yeah, it's okay to have a bad day here and there, which is why we have each other to call and complain mm-hmm. to. You know, we get it. Sometimes we just need a, an ear to listen, you know, have somebody to listen to. But I think that it's a huge testimony to you and your faith um, because you have gone through a lot a lot of things that were not choices that you made. You know, my story is a little bit different. I made choices that I regret, whereas you had things thrown at you that were thrown at you and you couldn't change. So you dealt with them and moved on. And yeah, I think you have come a long way because it is so easy to just stay negative. Stay mm-hmm. Well, I think that we just kind of collectively as a family kind of, we're very realistic people, Mm -hmm. which being really realistic can sometimes translate into being really negative because, you know, we're like, well, I'm not being negative. I'm just being realistic. Well, that's sometimes also being negative. So it's, you know, it's something in in, and, you know, my oldest son and myself, and I think a lot of people in my family, we've all dealt with a lot of anxiety and just, you know, over the years, I think we, you know, it's, it's, we got it from our grandpa. We, you know, like there's just a lot of anxiety that we've had to overcome. And because sometimes right along with anxiety comes negativity and you don't realize why you're being so negative. And it's because you're anxious about this situation or this, whatever is going on. And I've had to retrain my brain to go, well, just because I'm anxious doesn't mean I need to be negative to everybody else because it's, you know, there's nothing anybody else can do about it. And especially coming from a family of fixers, everybody wants to fix everything. You know, like Bethany is hands down the most helpful. She would give you this, the clothes off of her back. Like she's the, probably has the biggest heart of anybody I've ever known in my life. And so if I complain to her, she wants to fix it. And so now I think we've come to a place where it's like, well, we can just complain to each other and be like, well, that sucks and there's nothing we can do about it. But at least having a sounding board of somebody where we're not being negative with each other and complaining about things, we're just like venting and it's, it just feels different. It feels like, it feels like we're, we're being cleansed by talking with each other, even though they're, we're not offering each other any solutions. You know, we're not like, Oh, well, why don't you try this? Or why don't you go here? Why don't you try that? Cause no offense, Rick, but 
if I bring up any issue, it's Dang. he's got a solution. Let me tell you, <laughs> he's got a solution. And I know Robert's going to listen to this and boy, does he have solutions also. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> they've got it all figured out. You just got to do this. Oh, you just got to say this. Oh, you just got to go here. And it's like, me and Bethany just know I don't want a solution because I know there isn't one. I'm really smart and I already have done all the calculations and I know there's no solution. I just need to talk about it. But it it feels differently. It feels like maybe just a maturity or maybe just, you know, it maybe it's just the season we're in and the next season we maybe I'll be negative Nancy again. I don't know. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> I can't wait. Uh, we still love Negative Nancy. She's fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, do you have anything else, Bethany, that you'd like to ask your sister? No. Well, we've got her in the hot seat. Mm. I don't think so. I love her very much, and I am so proud of her. And us collectively, as a family, as a unit, we've all grown a lot in these last couple of years so yes i think so too our future is bright yes yeah and if you knew my wife's confidence level getting on this podcast is not really in her lane and so the fact that she's out here uh walking on water in my opinion uh according to how i know her she's this is quite a leap of faith for her um to be you know, out in the public space being fringy, mm -hmm. but, mm -hmm. uh, she's doing it, you know, and that's, this is what it's about. You know, it's about getting out of your comfort zone, embracing the suck, as we used to say in the Marine Corps and just, just living in it and saying, you know what, my life isn't perfect, but I have Jesus. And Jesus says, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. So I can, just rely on the fact that he's got me, you know, mm -hmm. it's like a, it's like a spiritual trust fall. We just have to do it, you know, and just let it go. But uh, anyway, we'll wrap it from here. Thank you guys for tuning in to another fringy morsel. Mm. Uh, it was nice to get to know Kristen a little bit better. We hope you enjoyed these last three fringy morsels. Um, you've gotten to know us a little bit better. Hopefully that doesn't run you off. But uh, we will be continuing these fringy morsels, uh, but they'll be more uh, geared towards current events and mm -hmm. those type of things that uh, we talked about in the first fringy morsel episode. So with that, we're going to sign off for now and we'll be bringing you Vicki Joy Anderson as mm -hmm. our first guest on Sunday. That episode drops on Sunday. And uh, you guys are going to love it. So stay tuned for that. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.